This is day 15,065. So as we've been discussing every day for the past few weeks, the average lifespan of a human being is about 28,000 days. 28,000 days for adventure, 28,000 days to accomplish our dreams, 28,000 days to accomplish the big projects. And the topic I bring to the table today is that it's not necessarily about the ideas because we've all heard ideas are a dime a dozen, but it's about making the ideas happen. And that's where most of us always pause. We always try to figure out what's the way in which we need to prepare, what's the way in which we need to get this or that done and we always get bogged down in the minutia of all of those details. So I bring that topic to the table because that's obviously something that I've been struggling with as a social entrepreneur throughout my entire journey. This is a journey that began back in 2006 when I was founding the organization I now lead. It took me six years to actually jump off that ledge to, to actually get something done. Uh, it wasn't until 2013 that we began operations as an organization that we began going to Argentina, to Panama, throughout the United States, to Mexico, to the Dominican Republic, and that we began having conversations with schools, with colleges and universities, with all of the necessary players to be able to launch big ideas and make those big ideas happen. And eventually what we ended up doing was we ended up bringing together amazing minds and we thought, well, why don't we create a space for us to nominate the very best minds we see, the very top projects we can see percolating in our community, regardless of age, and start bringing the right capital around these individuals. And capital means all kinds of capital, not just financial, but the intellectual capital, the social capital to actually make these big projects come to fruition. And so in 2021, one year after the pandemic hit, we are now beginning to figure out how to bring these experiences we've been doing throughout the different areas of the Americas to a digital space. And one of the biggest pieces of struggle, I think for all of us has been how to figure out building that digital space, how to figure out building community in digital spaces when we were so used to doing it in person, flying into Panama City, having a conversation with that best top-notch idea, with that awesome mind that just wanted to go on all the projects they wanted to achieve. And so that was the experience before, now the experience is figuring out ways to make it digital. And so today, we brought to the table uh, this discussion. Ideas. It's not really about the idea. It's about making it happen and creating the structures and the platforms with which you can accomplish those goals. The road will be tough. It's always tough. But if you surround yourself with the right crew, the right kind of capital, things can kind of go. And so that's what we're going to be discussing today. And it's awesome to say that we have a nice 
round table of different individuals that can bring their own experiences along with mine to the table. With us today, we have Chef Theo G, we have Ali, and we have Rocio. As we usually do, we're going live on Clubhouse. So if any of you want to come on over and be a part of this conversation, please do. Uh, we do this on a regular. You can follow the 28,000 Days to Live um, uh, Club on Clubhouse, and we will be doing daily conversations about topics that we care, that will make every day we live be one that we live with with great purpose and with great cause. For me, it's day 15,065. I know that just by having the conversation today, we're going to be having uh, a good one and we're get, this day will end up counting. So I want to go to the to the round table and bring in Chef Theo G. Now, a, a few a few podcasts back, uh, we ended up having a conversation with Chef Theo G about his own dreams, what he was trying to achieve, and the fact that his big dream was developing his own restaurant, developing his own you know, culinary experience and, and bring his own style of, of, of cooking to a point where it could be a part, a vibrant part of the community and impact the community in its own way. So I want to begin with you, Chef. How's it going? Give us the update. Where are you on your process? Tell me a little bit more about what's going on. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Um, thank you, Hector, for having me. So a couple things have happened uh, since the last time we talked. Um, I had told you guys that I was leaving one job to go to another job that was closer to my house that was going to open up some time. Um, and then I just realized that that job wasn't for me. So I quit. <laughs> and wow. um, me it's and my powerful. wife talked. And, you know, we realized that we can make everything work on her salary while we're getting the business up and running. So, yeah, man, I'm a full-time entrepreneur uh, selling empanadas. Um, and we have a couple other things that are working uh, on the pipeline right now. So I'm working on a nonprofit organization uh, to feed the homeless. Wow. And that project is uh, between me and my brother right now. So we're actually... Um, starting the application process. Yeah. And then um, I'm also developing a culinary experience as you talked it, as yeah. you talked about it. Um, and it's called the Empanada Experience. And it's kind of like a, you know, private chef experience. Yeah. Uh, but a lot more interactive, a lot more involved. Um, so pretty much we come over and we teach you how to make empanadas. Um, we help you, you know, kind of come up with your own type of filling that you like. And, you know, we, we pretty much turn it into like a Latin party for, you know, you and a group of your friends or yeah. your family. Um, and just, you know, just vibe out that way. That is so. That's friggin' amazing. So walk, walk us through, Chef, your your thought process. I mean, I mean, ditching your job. I remember what it was like for me. I mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, a little of the story chef, but, but I'll just, you know, reshare just a bit. I mean, it was back in 20, I want to say 2011. No, 2013, 2011 was when I left the big, big time position. 
big title, you know, senior vice president, big organization with a nonprofit in the United States that was in the educational space. We were working with big name universities. I was traveling all the time throughout the Americas on behalf of this effort. I mean, leaving that security, just going through the process of, I'm going to ditch my comfortable, you know, stability, which was very good. And I'm just gonna go out on a limb and start putting together the, the team to, to go pursue my dreams. I remember it was an excruciating process for me. I was teeter-tottering between 2006 all the way up to about 2011 and the run-up to 2013 when we actually began operations. It's like, for me, man, it was, it was a tough, tough process. Walk me through what the process was like for you. What was the conversation like with your wife? So, Hector, you've known me since I was about 13. So, like, <laughs> yeah. our friendship is pretty extensive. And you know that I've always been the one to say that, you know, I'm going to have my own business. And we, you know, we've had this conversation before where, you know, it's always been back and forth, you know, an idea never really, uh, I never really cultivated an idea and really thought that I could do anything. But um, a couple of years ago, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, hey, like, I think that, like, it's time that I do something for myself. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, like, awesome. Um, let's figure it out. So I want to say that's maybe three, four years back. Me and my wife have been married for five years. We've been together for eight. So actually nine in December. Wow. So nice. thank you. Um right around that time you know there were some things that happened and me and her were were pretty rocky and i just kind of gave up on it um i mean i became a general manager working in the uh like food entertainment industry and all of a sudden i'm making really good money i can't complain about my paychecks but i'm working ridiculous hours and I'm making somebody else a ton of money. So the pandemic hits and I start dealing with some, uh, some mental health issues and I start seeing a therapist. And all of a sudden I realized that a lot of my issues stem from either my childhood or from work. And it became a serious conversation with my wife. And it was like, all right, cool. We need to figure out how we're gonna do this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week at my other job. And, you know, we decided that the first step was to get a job that was closer to home because I was working an hour and 15 minutes away from my house. And I got a job that was 15 minutes from my front door. And we made that decision together and I was there for seven days and I just had this feeling that I didn't belong there yeah. and that it was my time. And we talked and she was like, yo, just quit. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, we can do it. So, wow. yeah, man, I quit. <laughs> and now it's, you know, it's the daily grind. My day is more structured. I'm, I'm noticing that I'm a lot more productive. It's good. And, you know, I'm able to actually accomplish the things that I want to do. So... Yeah, man, that that's pretty much it. I mean, that's that's the story in a nutshell. 
Wow, that's a, that's amazing. I want to introduce the the other crew that we have around here for our roundtable discussion on ideas and not just being about coming up with the idea, but actually making ideas happen. I want to introduce okay. Rocio into the group as well. Uh, Rocio, uh, I, I I bet you have some some thoughts on today's topic and your thoughts on just the chef kind of taking uh, the dive and saying, I'm going to pursue the dream and leave my stable uh, position. What are you, your thoughts on that? Well, I love how chef stated that, you know, he took a leap of faith and just, you know, got out of that environment. I think 2020 taught a, a lesson to all of us. And it's, you know, I know it's all the YOLO, but you only live once. And we got to appreciate our friends and, and our family and, and really look back and analyze, you know, our jobs and what was worth um, pursuing or not. I know um, this didn't happen in 2020, but it happened a while back. I worked for a Fortune 500 company, wow. a payroll company, and I was um, early, no, late 30s, and I had a heart attack in that company. Wow. and. Yeah, we had something that we call year end. So October, November, December, January, February, those five months of the year, yeah. we are working for people to get their W-2s. So we're working like 24 hour shifts nonstop. And I remember when I first started working there, I saw like, oh my God, this is like Google. It's such a cool company. Cause we had our own chef there. We had our own doctor. We had our own gym. So I'm like, oh my God, this is cool. This is like a cool environment. Like I'm never living here. Yeah. Well, through the years, I'm like, yeah, that's why they had, we had a doctor on site. We had a chef on site because they did, they literally didn't want us leaving, you know, the office. Yeah. So um, it took a while for me to understand it uh, because like chef said, because of stress and, and all that, um, you know, being a single mom with my kids, I ended up having a heart attack and my my perspective in life and work totally changed because you know at that company i was practically just a number wow. and to my kids i'm their mom and the only mom that they're ever gonna have so i took a step back i took a little faith and the same thing you know i changed i moved my family from little el paso texas to dallas and i think that was the best decision i ever made because you know, thank God I, I, I ended up keeping my job. If I would stay in El Paso, I probably would have lost, you know, my job. And um, moving to a bigger city, I had more opportunity. My kids had more opportunity. So just like Chef said, um, putting things into perspective and seeing, you know, what's in it for you and what's what's worth what's worth it for you and your family, your loved ones. Because at the end, nobody's going to care for you but yourself. Man, those are, th that's, those are facts right there, Rocio. And... It's a, it's an amazing story that you just kind of give us a small piece of, um, and it just, I just got to say, I, it's amazing that you were able to bounce back from all of that and then use that as your fuel to go elsewhere. So what are the big ideas? What is the big project you're working on now? What called your attention from today's topic? Well, I like how in it's, um, the topic was, uh, it's not about ideas. About, about making ideas happen. Yeah. And if you're just sitting there wondering and you know, people were like, how are you just gonna move from a little city to a big city? And like, you're crazy, it's not gonna happen. And you know, I just like, again, took a leap of faith and, and made it happen. And yeah, sometimes 
a lot of the ideas initially are crazy ideas, but why not be crazy sometimes, you know? This world is full of, of good, fun, crazy people, so just, just doing it. <laughs> You're so right about that. And see, I think for me, I think for me listening to you, it really does crystallize a few points about the fact that it is about making ideas happen. It is about taking that leap and it really does depend a lot on faith in oneself. And I think that the question of faith in oneself and that self-image that we carry is just so deeply entrenched in everything that we do. And there is a complicated tapestry that has been woven to keep us in these almost like, you know, uh, antidepressive states where we're just kind of heavily medicated, uh, you know, in, in these states of stability. And it, it does it does have a lot to do, Rocio, with what you're mentioning. Like, if you have that nice job, it doesn't even, it's not just about the salary and the job, it's about the space they create for you, right? It's just like you were saying, it's about, the chef they have there for you, the nice office space, the fact that you can be there on a bicycle and then when you go there for the first time, you see it all and your, your eyes kind of twinkle and you're like, wow, this is amazing. It's all a complicated kind of very elaborate tapestry that has been woven to really keep us in positions where we are essentially accomplishing the dreams of other individuals and there does live a small voice inside of us that is usually coming up with ideas and sometimes a ton of ideas, but the big, the big thing is taking that leap. The big thing is figuring out how you're actually gonna make it happen. I remember when I was in this state, I took six years to come up with, I believe it was a total of 16 different business plans for what the organization was going to do. I sought consultancy from accountants, from lawyers, from, I, I just kept feeling like I needed to be more prepared, more prepared, even more prepared. And the fact is that until I actually did it in 2013, six years later and take that leap, uh, for me, it was more like, why did I take so long? I didn't need all this prepper. I should have just leapt and planned as I went and started gathering the pieces as I went. Of course you wanna go in there with a general idea and a general basic plan of where you're gonna go, but the level of obsessiveness I developed about developing that plan was just too much. So going back to the chef, chef, what's your plan? Where, where, where where are you going? How are you navigating day to day? What are your goals? What are, are you what are you setting up for yourself in terms of, you know, the, the what you're going to rely on to make this idea happen? So for me right now, it's all about, you know, just having disciplining myself, first and foremost, um, but also getting the right people in my corner. So talking to people that are in the industry that are willing to share information um, and just really completing the things that I need to complete. Like, you know, making sure that all of my licensing with the state and with the county are set up and ready to go and taking it step by step, um, to be honest. You know, I can't, I'm not the type of person that works well when I have 15 things going on at the same time, but 
I can maximize my production to do three or four things at the same time. So working on my different licensing applications and making sure that I have all of the necessary paperwork that goes with the application, putting together HACCP forms. Um, as of right now, I don't think I'm going to need any investors or anything. So like I have a business plan, but it's more for personal use, not for anything else. Um, because, you know, my idea self-generates money and I make a pretty good profit on it. So it's really just taking it one step at a time for me. Right. One of the biggest things, I mean, it, it sounds like it sounds like you're doing the, the taking the leap and figuring out what you need to do uh, and kind of planning along the way with a basic plan. That's absolutely fine. Uh, you just need to make sure that you have that you set up some goals for yourself. I would say this, you know, in order to make an idea happen, I think the biggest pieces of advice is you have to set up your day to day, your week to week and your month to month in terms of goals, in terms of where you want to be, both financially, but also in terms of your other capital. You want to also figure out what your goals are going to be in terms of that intellectual capital you need to be able to successfully get to the place where you launch your restaurant. You want to have the sufficient capital in terms of social capital to be able to get that. And you want to be able to set up your goals in relation to you know, these pieces that you want to achieve in these categories. As long as you can get to a place where you're like, all right, financially, in terms of capital revenue that I need to generate to just keep my doors open and going is X, but then also to make a decent profit in a nice, you know, kind of my bills are covered and I also get a little bit for myself would be X and then etc. etc. You get to your place and then you once you have those numbers, you kind of backtrack it into your daily goals, your weekly goals, your monthly goals, and that's going to be your guiding star. Like it, as long as you can maintain there. I remember when I took the dive, I was like, all right, what, what do we need to make to make happen, right? And we had already built up a, a crew, a team, a, a, gr a group of supporters, collaborators. We built up our board of directors prior to me taking the leap, but that was, because I was I was hoping to go big quick. We wanted to launch an international initiative, launch an international effort. So we had meetings and we had goals for those meetings in terms of we want to have meetings with X number of universities by the end of this month. We want to have meetings with X number of high schools throughout the Americas over the course of the next couple of months. And so then we backtrack that into daily goals. And then we figured out, oh, snap, there's our budget. We need to be traveling. We're going to be traveling throughout uh, the United States and also traveling significantly throughout Latin America. So we built a travel budget. And what we were doing essentially was setting up the pins for what we needed to earn in terms of revenue and what we needed to do in terms of, all right, uh, what what is important and what can be cut, right? Back then, the the you know, in terms of getting these big, big whales onto the endeavor, even if you knew them personally, which at the time I did, and so did the group of individuals that were supporting the effort, and they were kind of helping open doors and the like. You know, what I remember back then was that you needed to have a face-to-face. -face. Otherwise, it really wasn't going to 
solidify with a phone conversation. And back then, you know, FaceTime wasn't a big, big thing like it is now. So we needed a travel budget. So we we made a commitment. We secured the line of credit uh, through our banks and the like that that we needed for our business lines of credit. We secured those. We secured a small amount of, of funding. Uh, it wasn't a lot. I mean, people think that I, I had a seed round of funding. Uh, no, <laughs> nothing like that. And what we ended up doing was essentially bootstrapping a international initiative, an international effort. But it was built on the back of the social capital that the group around us had amassed. In other words, we all had significant ties with higher with institutions of higher learning we all had significant ties with you know great high schools throughout the americas we all were very well traveled and we all had significant contacts within governments we also wanted to gain some government support as we traveled internationally and we hit our our goals uh chef what we wanted to do was all right we're flying into panama we want to have these meetings we want to come away with you know, X number of partnerships and we want to come away with X number of nominated students and nominated projects to be part of our first class of uh, really efforts internationally that are generating a social impact that we want to rally around. Sometimes we hit the goals, sometimes we didn't, man. And it was so debilitating when when we couldn't hit the goals and it was like almost like, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? Uh, but you know, we learned, we learned along the way. I mean, the, the, we also got a little too ambitious, I think initially. And I think that's gotta be said, you know, you, you gotta make sure that you, you, you kind of pace yourself well initially. Oh my gosh. We wanted to go after the fortune 500s. We wanted to go after the universities. We wanted to go after the governments. We wanted to go after like all these players and what we realized was there was just no time for that. We needed to focus like a laser on our initial foundational goals. But the only way we learned that was the tough way. <laughs> After a handful of meetings, shotgun approach with everyone, we were like, uh, this isn't going to work and we're going to run out of money kind of quick. And so those are just some of the lessons off the top of my head that, that I went through, that my organization has gone through we're still going through lessons now we're still figuring out things now especially in the digital space like digital is all new to us it's like how can you build community digitally i think clubhouse represents something cool there i think podcasts we're all kind of testing out and learning but it's all about dailies and weeklies and 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 getting your goals around you that way man but that's it's so inspiring to hear you say well, I did it. I took the leap and now I really got to push myself. But it's also awesome to hear you say that you're inspired, Chef, every day, more so than you were when you were in your normal job. Because I think that that just speaks to the power of making ideas happen. The, the, the fire just gets bigger and bigger inside of you because you want to make it go. It's something like to wake up to in the mornings, you know? Most definitely. And, um... I mean, I 100% agree with you. Like, I have a three-month calendar with all of the important dates and all of the things that I need to submit. Um, you know, like, so the organizational aspect of it is has been really big for me. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, like, those those are, are things that, you know, I'm consistently thinking about. Like, I have a checklist for every day. I have a checklist for the week. Um, and then I have a checklist for the months. Um, and every Monday I sit down and I develop my new checklist, you know, for that week and what I need to work on, what I need to complete, what project wasn't finished. Um, and, you know, it's definitely a learning experience. It's the first time that, you know, I had to apply for an LLC, that I had to figure out how to get a, a EIN number from the IRS, um, how to figure out how to navigate the county website with applications for licensing and what they consider me. Um, so a lot of emails with, you know, different people, then I have to make sure that I'm not writing in text phrases and that I'm actually putting together real emails. Um, cause I haven't done that in forever. So it's a lot of, a lot of skills that are starting to refresh, um, that are also just keeping me sharp mentally. So and that is uh, that is awesome. That is amazing. And and I will say this, you know, on the idea game. And I'm glad to hear you're putting together your your dailies and your weeklies like that. Ideas come so often when you're in the innovative space, creative space that sometimes you lose track of them. So keep track of the ideas because ideas come so quick that if you don't make them happen like that in that moment in time, or they can't because they're just a bigger idea, you'll kind of lose track of of, of that big idea. So. I keep like a running log of just notes of just things that I want to accomplish. And even if I can't accomplish it in that moment in time, or if it's a long-term goal or something, I just have this running log of, all right, these are, these are the big ones. And every week I take a look at them and I figure out, okay, this is going to be something that I really need to, 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 to get on the front burner. And, 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 and you'll figure out things like that. And as you talk to people, well, people will get excited, man, and people will want to support you in, in different ways. I want to uh, bring into the roundtable discussion uh, Ali. Ali, we've been working, we, we've, we've been having discussions about education in, in, in other, uh, on other occasions, and I've always appreciated kind of like the level of talk you bring to the table because you're always talking about a new way of accomplishing big goals in the education space. So just curious on your thoughts on ideas and making it happen and just kind of your experience with that as well thank you Hector, and thank you thank you for the opportunity and uh great talks by the panel panelists uh, very inspiring stories well it's not my place to uh, provide any advice as of this moment but maybe uh, you would find some uh um valuable some some you know uh, uh, something shining in my story uh and by the way, things that you shared resonate, resonate, resonates with me and um, the, the things that you shared uh, resonate with me and uh, great, great insight into how to do things. If I can maybe share my two cents is that, or probably sharing what I'm doing right now is that I'm trying to uh, do only one thing right and then scale that one thing. And while doing that, we're just reducing uh, the order of magnet, the the uh, freedom of uh, um, what's the word? Um, the order of freedom in in in, uh, in 
our system, meaning that we're reducing dimensions, we are uh, cutting fat, we are just focusing on only one thing. Uh, let's say in, in what we do, which is education, we are not going after universities, governments, uh, K-12, yeah. um, and everything all at once. We're just going after one age group, one topic, one subject, and within that, one, one project and one area and the, the idea is to figure out how we can do this one thing right and one and, and and once we have enough concrete data we'll, we'll try to scale that and uh, it's all about degree of freedom reduce your degree of freedom to um, close to zero or it's not going to become zero maybe one but not 20 do not have 20 variables in your equation it would just drive you mad and you won't like you mentioned you won't be able to um make that plane fly just uh yeah yeah cut the fat reduce the um, degree of freedom to the minimum as possible and once you figure out figured out how to scale that then you can start um maybe adding uh, one degree of freedom at, at a time maybe okay now let's focus on adding uh, another age group let's focus on adding another restaurant let's focus on adding another territory let's focus on adding another feature to the product and um it's a long it's it's, it's a marathon it's not just uh, you know a hundred meter sprints it's, it would take time it's, it's um it's really difficult and uh, again it's not my place to provide advice because uh, my journey has not reached the fruition phase yet and by the way it's always um, a phase and even when you reach um, a, a state where you think that you um, can reap the rewards again there's something beyond that so yeah. we're going in cycles and uh, again um, if you feel that um, you need advice, reach out to people. I need advice all the time. It's a, it's uncharted territory. Entrepreneurship is uncharted territory because you're figuring out something new that no one has done, at least in, in the 100 miles radius. I mean, if, you, if your project is big, it could be as, you know, because, you know, maybe 3000 miles radius, but uh, reach out for advice. But remember that uh, at the end of the day, you're the captain of your, you're the, captain of the ship and you got to make decisions but make sure that yeah. whatever you do you don't lose sight of your uh, north stuff thanks again for the opportunity i gotta jump soon but uh ali i mean I, to, yeah. I i can't thank you enough for for sharing uh, because you're absolutely right and i would like to kind of give everybody a little bit of an idea as to your own journey like what are you working on i i know that you're working on you know protecting uh, uh, you're on working on a project sorry for uh to help educators scale personalized learning and you and i have been part of discussions about the future of education and and the fact that we gotta let go of some old models but kind of take us through i know you're saying you haven't reached a stage yet where where you could say it's reached fruition but you're certainly on that journey now what is it about and what has that journey been like for you in terms of that project, tell us about the project. Sure. So it's, uh, again, an unconventional story in, in the sense that um, I um, took the leap of faith uh, uh, 
after a discussion, after a series of discussions with my lovely wife, and um, uh, six years ago, I decided to quit my job. And uh, um, if you've been doing, if you, if you think, you know, working remotely for one year is long, I've been doing this for like six years now from home. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, when you have the bug, when you have the disease of entrepreneurship, you cannot let go. And, um, and the highs and the lows are really brutal. Yeah. You feel really high and then you feel really low. The blues are really, um, um, hurtful, but again, it's part of the journey. And one thing that kept me going was the, uh, North Star and, um, always been wanting to um, create something that could uh, help many people and the idea is uh, very simple how we can augment and help educators reach more students in an affordable way so uh, how can we you know um, finally overcome the vicious cycle in education empower every uh, and uh, empower every teacher on the planet to reach to more students in a personalized way so they can teach them uh, in a one-on-one setting and while doing that they do it in an affordable way so making the experience an affordable experience for the students as well imagine um, the same uh, experience that um, super wealthy kids can um, um, benefit now could be scaled to everyone on the planet. Well, wow. take it with a bucket of, take it with a grain of salt or a bucket of salt, if you will. But it's start up. Uh, it is uh, the beginning of a revolution, uh, reimagining um, uh, education, and it's very um, analogous to the revolution incepted by Gutenberg 500 years ago or so, when Gutenberg um, invented the press machine the business of storytellers around the planet evolved into printing books writing books because now you could write you can really can write your you could write your book instead of you know uh, gathering a group of people listening to your stories in a local pub or something and um we know that that revolution enhanced and elevated the um, quality of life for many and for everyone around the globe and we know now that personalized learning is one of the most effective ways of teaching but it is also very expensive and now oh yeah what we're trying to what we're trying to solve is to make this personalized learning scalable affordable and at the same time guard the service providers from losing their jobs because when you talk about scalability and automation it, it would raise eyebrows and people would say hey, hey are you going to uh, steal teachers jobs on the contrary what we're trying to do is to create a machine that could work as a superhero suit as a superhero cape for teachers augmenting them so they could generate more content and yeah be rewarded when their content is being fed to or being delivered to students it's a big vision but again um what we're what, what i have learned from many coaches here in bay area silicon valley 
is that you have to learn how to deconstruct that big vision, that mighty vision into its DNA, into its most elemental building block and take that, yeah. and take it to the forest, take it to a prolific um, land and try to make something out of that, that particular DNA. If you could just make one flower out of it, then you can start you know, scaling it and all of a sudden you can start uh, the forestation process. But first you have to figure out that DNA. And we were in the process of that. We went, we, 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 we ran into so many concrete walls and made so many mistakes, lost a lot of money. Just imagine it's been six years for me now. And I'm with and, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a brutal process. It's uncharted territory. No one can tell you uh, if you're doing something right or wrong, but to be honest with you, many times, uh, you know, I, I, as a matter of fact, one time I decided to quit because it was, it's, it's true. It's you know, really brutal. But then my North star again, energized me. Uh, and again, uh, sort of kept me going. And I, I said, okay, you know what? I think this is a battle of a battle between uh, altruism and, and, um, uh, narcissism. <laughs> exactly it. And, yeah, and uh, you gotta you gotta come, you know, uh, make peace with that because you want the fame at the same time you want to help. You want the uh, prize at the same time. You are that crazy, stupid guy who is willing to go through so much pain because you want to help people. And it's a oh new gosh, Yes, I empathize so much with you. This is this is amazing. Please keep going. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, uh, honestly, I think uh, it's a good process. It's um, really, uh, the only thing that I'm really sad about is that throughout the process, um, my drive to push this forward has, has uh, you know, changed so many things in my life. And, and uh, I feel for my wife, I mean, it, she's the one who has been really my, my uh, supporter all along, but at times you feel that okay i should not be doing this to my wife i should not be doing this to my family and, but then um i hope that so i mean again you cannot use the word soon but the only hope that i have is that uh, i would be able to thank her for her unlimited patience and support in, in near future oh my gosh ali your your story resonates so much with me and i commend you so much and and i from this moment forward, please, please make sure you, you count me as a friend and that we can begin figuring out ways of collaborating. Number one, I want to say you're definitely in the space of the future. I personally believe in exactly what you are doing. And I do believe that there is a need, an absolute need to create new models of education that dramatically bring down the cost of education so that we could educate people at levels never before seen. And, and I think it only happens with the kind of projects that people like you are moving forward. I've been there, uh, Ali, I, I will say, you know, the first big project for the organization was called Futuro Las Americas. And Futuro Las Americas, I have so much pride about, but there's also a little bit of a heavy heart and a lot of scars. 
and and what I mean by that is that we took on a project to try to bring more Latin American students to study in the United States. And obviously at the very beginning, all universities are like, yes, we want more of that. And how can we get involved? And we will put scholarship money down and people get really excited. But then when they start seeing that the numbers really aren't there of full pays versus scholarship students, because the numbers just don't bear it out. And the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of profit making in this endeavor, a lot of that enthusiasm starts dying. And then you have the very strong fight from the established way of the educational bureaucracy that exists throughout our country. And so, you know, those people are like, oh, the, these, these far-fetched ideas never work. Uh, well, they never work if you don't give them time to work. And what we were proposing was bringing to the table uh, Fortune 500s from throughout the Americas, bringing to the table governments, bringing to the table universities, and figuring out a way to not only get more students educated, but to also both reduce the cost for the student and ultimately figure out a way to continue to pay for that education. We were also looking into models of bringing tech into this and figuring out how we were going to bring online education with a hybrid of in-person education. And as you started to talk about the complexities of this, Ali, oh my gosh, that's when all of the doors began to start closing. And we stayed with maybe a handful, I would say it was about 12 universities from the initial 120 some odd that were really excited about the project. Um, we ended up sticking with only 12 universities and that was because those 12 universities were really invested into it. And then the pandemic hit and it put a complete pause, like a complete hard stop and an unknown question mark as to what happens to this project afterwards um, because of the pandemic. And so that's why I say there's a lot of pride but a lot of heavy hearts uh, and, and scars because it was the first project of our organization. The organization developed a series of other projects in terms of developing the ideas of all of these students. And we ended up working and collaborating with multinational organizations like the Organization of American States and, and a few others, uh, Earth Justice, to kind of start building these seeds of the students that had amazing ideas or or people that were already post their education that had amazing ideas and wanted to bring them to the table and that's really where our focus then went into other projects but our initial project Ali, it was 100 percent education and it was honestly heartbreaking because after 20 years of spending my own time in education and higher learning like my heart was broken with like a lot of these lofty ideals that so many universities say, yeah, we believe in, I, my heart actually got broken and said, I don't know if they actually believe in it. It's more about the bottom dollar at the end of the day until we figure out new ways of actually providing those dollars. These lofty other kind of goals are, are very difficult to be achieved with such rigid structures. And I hope that, that projects like yours and projects like what we, what, what we were trying to do with scholarships and then also the new new projects like the Minerva project that has had highs and lows about reformulating higher learning. I think those I hope that they actually succeed because once we once we begin to show success in some of these models and COVID made it so that we had to go into digital learning, 
maybe this will be the air cover we need to make more of these ideas go because yeah i've been there where you have to kind of show your bear and grin with your family and say thanks for your support and this will work eventually i it's you're right it's kind of like you're torn right from both sides it is it is but um um the the the, mo the challenge is that you have to be a prophet and a king both at the same time yes when you have to be able to convert people to a religion and you have to be able to make decisions on the battlefield and um it's a tough job and and, and then when, and and um just listening and following great people again in silicon valley have learned that when you go through stages then you have to have the courage and wisdom to delegate and maybe even pass on the torch. So um, you are the artist uh, who is responsible to see the saint in the stone and carve it and free it out of the stone and liberate it and give it life. And then once it's out, then um, you have to convert many people around the planet to start doing the same and then in, throughout throughout that process uh, you you may realize that okay um, there are some people who are doing this job better than i do so maybe maybe it, it, it's best to have them do a and b instead of me doing that so it's uh, it's a tough challenge and it's uh, it's a, also a pleasure to be i'm grateful to have had the opportunity to, to be able to do this because you know it has made me a better person at least i hope it has yeah uh, yeah and you are you're actually that that statue that is being carved out of stone because first when you start you were very raw and green and then every yeah. uh every every time you run into a concrete wall it's just you know something is chipped a piece of stone is being chopped chipped off your um um your 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 um your body and then after so many failures then you will turn into um, statues that people would like to actually you know um, look at essentially what i'm trying to say is that you have to turn into um, um, a funnel or if you will into a, a um, conduit that uh, the public would want to let their will flow through you and that when you reach that phase in entrepreneurship then that's when you know you can say all right the funding will come in the customers will come in the employees will come in the stars will come in because they want to be part of that conduit and your job is to be the steward the the, the guardian of that conduit that would amplify the will of the people so um again and this is a it's a great opportunity it's also a very important responsibility to to evolve and and, and be improved to reach that state but at the same time uh, uh, again uh, stepping out of the high zone and looking at the blues of reality reality you have to realize that and it's also you have to deal with the mechanics of life as well you have to be able to put food on the table fill the pay the bills and keep everyone happy around you so it's it's a tough challenge it is, but you know, I, Ali, I, I really commend you for your journey thus far. Uh, you have a fellow supporter 
uh, you know, with, you know, now on your journey with you, uh, because we got to support one another. And, you know, you remind me, your story reminds me of this article I read, I want to say maybe four years ago, I was, I was on a flight. It was one of those moments where I was just, it was one of those tough moments. You've been pretty much flying around talking to people and getting a lot of no's. And I read this article in Entrepreneur Magazine and the article talks about the incredible mental pressure and the reality of an entrepreneur's mind. And it, it was it was an awesome article. It was I remember distinctly it was three about four, three, four years ago. And it was about the entrepreneur mind, the entrepreneur's mind. And it, it showed a picture of an entrepreneur kind of in bed, crouching and hiding underneath the covers. And then it, it really talked about this dynamic where what you're describing, the dynamic of you're your own creator, you're you're the own, you know, kind of the prophet as you're you're describing. You need to convert, you know, people to your way of think of, of thought. But then at the same time, every night when you go to bed, you, you have a lot of self-doubt, you have a lot of battles of will it succeed will it not what do i need to do and how that wears on an entrepreneur over time and that my friend is is what you just described it's a journey that i know well but i know that if we create more of these spaces and i can't thank you enough for being a part of this space like if we create more of these spaces tell our stories more it will give people the the support they need to move their projects forward no matter what. And so from the bottom of my heart, Ali, thanks for being a part of this discussion. And I hope we can have more and, and, and in particular about education. Well, thank you so much, Hector. It's, been, it's always a pleasure speaking with you and learning a ton from you. Again, thanks a lot for the opportunity. And I do look forward to you know, building and creating value with you. Um, 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 we are connected on uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter as well. And yes. uh, I'll hit you up. Uh, let's, uh, let's meet soon and talk more. Yes, absolutely. And uh, please tell people how they can get in touch with you on Twitter. Can you give your Twitter handle to the podcast listeners that are listening into your story? Sure. It's my first name. It's Ali, A-L-I, like Muhammad Ali, Ali underscore Logmani. It's L-O-G-H-M-A-N-I. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, and uh, uh, I don't do a lot of uh, education material on Instagram, mostly on Twitter, LinkedIn, and a bit on Facebook. But um, I'd be more than happy to share my story with you. And again, if you feel that this story resonates with you and you want to be part of the revolution similar to what Gutenberg did, uh, please join us. But again, yes. disclaimer. It's a marathon. It's not going to be a hundred meter sprint. You yeah. got to be able to um, um, stand storm. And, and we are just you know, in early stages. We have not. Uh, we are still you know trying to figure out the right subject for the right age group. Yep. And uh, it's going to be, but it's going to be a fun, fun journey. I am sure. I look forward to checking in with you on the journey, Ali, and, and thanks so much uh, for hanging out with us this evening. I really appreciate it. We'll, we'll do more rooms throughout the week, and I hope to see you again. 
Thank you so very much. Have a pleasant uh, Sunday evening. And by the way, today was the last uh, Sunday of uh, winter in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next Sunday is going to be uh, first Sunday of spring. So that's something to look forward to. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank Bye-bye. you. Talk to you soon. What a day. So day 15,065 in the books. The conversation for the evening was about ideas. It's not about the idea. It's about making the idea happen. You heard Ali's story. You heard Theo G, Theo Chef G say right now on this podcast. I just took the dive. I just quit my job. You know how difficult it is to say something like that? You know how difficult it is to look at your wife, your significant other, and say, I need to do this. And I know it's going to make us go through some tough times. You know how many battles it will bring? Tons. Tons. I can personally share with all of you that in my own personal journey of... Just these incredible years as a social entrepreneur, I can tell you, the personal sacrifices have been huge. The friendships that I've had to let go of because of time constraints have been painful. The significant relationships I have in my own family have at times been strained. All because of the journey. All because of the dream. Yet I know I still count on their friendship. I know I still count on my family. I know that they're there backing me every step of the way. And I know you will have that kind of group, that kind of crew behind you as well. We're building a community, everyone. We're all in a new space post-pandemic. We're almost there. We're still in the pandemic, but as the vaccines come, we will get to post-pandemic. And in these post-pandemic times, digital space will be key and we're trying to build the community. So, hey, let's find other entrepreneurs. Let's find other social entrepreneur minds. Let's find other individuals that believe that every day has to count. That our 28,000, while we're on the planet, if we get 28,000, hopefully maybe more, but if we get it, has to count. Today was day 15,065. I loved spending it with you. And until tomorrow, think big. Peace.